Ele Kaliki Maka, Merry Christmas. This is Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars Christmas Eve edition of the show. Today, we preview BYU in Hawaii and the SoFi Hawaii Bowl. We'll talk about that. We'll also talk about some Christmas wishes that I have for BYU football going into Christmas tomorrow. And of course, we'll catch you up on everything else going on in BYU sports news like we normally do. Hope you guys' this holiday week is off to a solid start. Hope you guys are all excited for the game tonight, 6 o'clock Mountain Time, as BYU takes on their old rival in the Hawaii Rainbow Warriors. We'll break it all down for you on today's podcast. It is all brought to you by our title sponsor, Deseret First Credit Union. Thank them for their continued patronage of the show, especially this time of year. Really nice to have them on board. With that rundown out of the way, let's go. This is Locked On Cougars for December 24th, 2019. What's up, guys? I'm Jay Catch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah. And thanks again for joining us on your daily podcast, focused on the BYU Cougars, right here on Locked On Cougars. This podcast is available everywhere podcasts are to be found. If you have family and friends in town who are BYU fans, hey, use this time of year when you're around them and let them know about this podcast. We're continuing to grow the audience. Our download numbers remain extremely strong, and it's a blast to be with you guys each and every day. Check us out, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, all the major hotspots where podcasts can be listened to and or downloaded. You can find this podcast. Make sure to hit that follow or subscribe button and give us a good rating and review if you don't mind taking an extra moment to do so. It really does help get the word out about the podcast. BYU and Hawaii tonight. The University of Hawaii in the SoFi Hawaii Bowl. BYU enters the game with a nine and sorry, a seven and five record as compared to the Rainbow Warriors who enter the seat, enter the game with a nine and five record. Uh, Hawaii will be just uh, the latest team to play 15 games in a season, something that BYU accomplished way back in 1996 in that Cotton Bowl year. The Cougars, the first team to ever play that many games in a college football season. It's becoming more and more common with conference championship games, the college football playoff and the like now, but pretty interesting to see Hawaii having played two more games than BYU entering this contest, but this should be a fun matchup. You have two offenses that have been very good so far this year. You have two quarterbacks entering this game who put up good stats, one missing about half the season, but still putting up over 2,000 yards. Speaking of BYU, starting quarterback Zach Wilson, he's passed for 2,108 yards with 11 touchdowns as compared to seven interceptions. He is countered by Cole McDonald, who's expected to be Hawaii starting quarterback in this game. He's tallied 3,642 yards in Hawaii's run-and-shoot offense with 29 touchdowns and 14 interceptions on his record. Uh, the University of Hawaii also could insert Siobhan Cordero into this game if Cole McDonald struggles at all. And both of these quarterbacks are able to scoot. They both can run. And that'll make for an interesting element with regards to BYU defending this Hawaii offense. Hawaii has wide receivers who have put up all kinds of statistics this year. Uh, I believe three of them are over uh, 80 catches on the season. It's just a wild number. And I, it's crazy to read about Hawaii's stats just because this run-and-shoot offense lends itself to putting up all kinds of wild numbers. Let me get those exact numbers for you. So two players over 80 catches. Cedric Bird with 95 receptions. He's their leading receiver with 1,000. 
1,068 yards on the season. Jared Smart has 80 receptions for 987 yards. JoJo Ward, 58 receptions for 975 yards. And I was right. Three players, Jason Matthew Sharsh with 80 receptions for 823 yards. Uh, between those four players, there are 28 touchdown receptions in there. And if you think this is just a passing offense, speaking of Hawaii, no, not so. Miles Reed has tallied 891 yards. He's got an opportunity in today's game to break the 1,000-yard barrier and in a run-and-shoot offense. That's pretty impressive. Uh, Dayton Furuta will be rejoining B- the Utah, not the Utah, the Hawaii football program for this game. A big-bodied back who only has 66 yards on the season. We got injured early this year, uh, had a leg injury, but has returned in time for the bowl game. And he's a 250-pound bruiser that BYU will absolutely have to be aware of in this game. I looking at the uh, the run and shoot offense that Nick Rolovich, the head coach of Hawaii, has deployed with his team. It's not the true run and shoot like with the quarterback under center and the like. He's morphed it a little bit to playing in the shotgun, etc. But it is still just a bugger to defend. So BYU is going to have their work cut out for him with regards to slowing down this offense. Uh, the wide receivers in this offense, there's a lot of timing routes, but there's also also a lot of option routes. These wide receivers they are taught to pick the path of least resistance. And what I mean by that is they have three or four options in terms of the routes they could run on any given play. And they look at how the defense is defending them and the defender, say a defensive back or a linebacker, is setting up to defend them. And they'll make their determination as they're running their route if they're going to break out, break in, go on a deep route. They get the opportunity to make that decision. It's Cole McDonald and or Siobhan Cordero's uh, goal is to be on the same page with those wide receivers, understand how the defense is defending, and then deliver strikes down the field. It's a tough defense to defend. There is no doubt about it. For on the season as a whole, uh, Hawaii has passed for 4,563 yards. They've rushed for 2,007 yards. So this is an offense that has put up major, major numbers, and it's just been an absolute nightmare to defend, and that's a credit to them with their 9-5 and record. They've been very good. Conversely, Hawaii on defense... Not so great. So BYU should have an opportunity to put up some points in this game. You're probably wondering, okay, Jake, what do you what do you need to score to win this game? And if you're BYU, you've got to be thinking 35 points at least. And we'll see what BYU does in this game. Uh, I feel like BYU offensively, they have options now at quarterback if Zach Wilson is ineffective like he was against the San Diego State, particularly in the red zone. Uh, you're going to see BYU be a lot tighter with that leash than they were against San Diego State because they went into that game essentially only having Zach Wilson and they weren't going to insert Joe Critchlow. They didn't feel like he necessarily was the right answer in that game against San Diego State. But entering this game, you've got three quarterbacks. All three of BYU's top quarterbacks should should be available for this game, speaking of Zach Wilson, as well as Jaron Hall and Baylor Romney. Both Baylor Romney and Jaron Hall have recovered from their ailments that have been bugging them in this season. And I would expect that if you see any struggles from Zach Wilson, there will be a tighter leash, and you could see a guy like Jaron Hall enter the game. I talked about earlier this week, Jaron Hall's gotten a lot of reps during this run up to the bowl game. They've had 15 practices to get ready for it. He's taken a lot of reps with the first-team offense. So he is ready to go. He is ready to play, and he's proven that he can move the offense up and down the field for BYU when he's been in games. The issue for him is he takes a hit and he gets a concussion. Well, that's his third one in a season and then you're really 
you're really concerned for his future at that point. But we'll leave that there. BYU at running back, expecting to see Tyler Algier as the starting running back for BYU. I would expect that uh, you might see a little bit of Jackson McChesney, and you'll also see a little bit of Lopini Katoa if he is recovered from an injury. According to what we've heard from Kalani Satake this week as BYU's gotten to Hawaii, is that guys like Lopini Katoa and Bracken L. Bakker, who have had nagging injuries, should be available for this game. But being available and being 100% are two different things. So we'll see what happens there. I I do have heard some good things that Emmanuel Asupa has recovered enough to can be considered a guy who can be an option in the running game for BYU. So expect to see him out there. So I would imagine that the running back depth chart for BYU, you'll see Tyler Algier start. I would expect that you'll see Emmanuel Asupa play a fair amount. Lopini Katoa pending his availability, how much he can go. And then Jackson McChesney's probably your fourth string guy, barring other guys in front of him not being cleared, etc. So big opportunity for BYU in this game. They need to go into the offseason with a win. That San Diego State game left a bitter taste in a lot of people's mouths, including those inside the program. They were disappointed. They put up over 400 yards and only three points. It's the second time they've done it in this century since 2000, and there's only four teams who have done it ever. So... Some futility marks were were matched there in that loss to San Diego State. And BYU wants to go out and show that, hey, this offense, it can put up points, it can put up yards. And we'll see what ultimately shakes out for the Cougars in this game. But I think that the Cougars should be favored in it. The sports books opened up with BYU as a two to two and a half point favorite. That's come down to a point or a point and a half. I've seen some books remaining at two points in favor of BYU. That means that essentially it's a pick em. And this is going to be a game that's going to tilt on how BYU's defense, if they're able to slow down Hawaii's offense. If you want an example of what your defense can do for you in a game, look no further than Utah State. In the Tropical Smoothie Cafe Frisco Bowl, the Aggies' defense just couldn't get stops. The Aggies' offense did enough to win that game. They put up 41 points, but the defense gave up 51 points and lost the game. BYU needs to be on point here. I've talked about distractions going to Hawaii, etc. I saw Micah Simon post late last night on social media on Instagram a picture of the hotel BYU staying at the Sheraton Waikiki there in Hawaii and it had a picture of time to lock in I'm hoping that his teammates follow his lead and they lock in for this game because they need a win going into the offseason. And I think there's no better time than right now to go out there and, and take care of business. So there you go. Some of my thoughts on this game. I think it's a massive, massive opportunity for BYU. It's going to be a tough opponent. Hawaii didn't win nine games just by waking up and rolling out of bed. They have a funky offense. It's a unique offense, that run and shoot. Their defense is a little leaky. So this could be a game that could feature two 30, 40-point teams going at one another up and down the field. You hope that BYU's defense, which is the better defense by far in this game, gets some stops on Hawaii. Hawaii doesn't punt a lot, uh, I believe just over two and a half times per game on average. If BYU can force four or five punts in this game, I would consider that a, a win in their book, and hopefully their offense is up to the task of slowing down Hawaii. 
Uh, you just got to go out there. You've got to take care of business because it, this is an opportunity for the Cougars to go into the offseason with some momentum and losing this game and having a two, back-to-back two-game losing streak going into the offseason, very different feeling. A 7-6 and six record versus an 8-5 and five record. You want to be 8-5. and five. Let's put it that way. So big opportunity for BYU here as they get ready for this game. And of course, we'll have it all covered for you here on the podcast. I'm probably going to be up late tonight putting together my kids' toys for Christmas. So hey, maybe I'll just pull out my recorder and talk about the game after it goes final. So stay tuned for that. But hopefully you guys are all having a great week so far. Coming up here in just a moment we're going to talk a little bit about Christmas and my Christmas wish list for BYU what I want for BYU under the tree this year it's that time of year so we'll talk about that here in just a moment before we do that though a reminder for you guys that Deseret First Credit Union is the title sponsor of Locked On Cougars and we couldn't be more happy to have them on board Deseret First Credit Union is asking everybody what is your why what is your passion project entering 2020 a lot of us are setting new year's resolutions goals that we want to have especially with the new decade kicking off and right now might be a good time to consider refinancing your home loan to save some money and help fund your passion project or some of the New Year's resolutions you have. Deseret First Credit Union can get you guys locked into a low rate. Interest rates are still sitting in the threes, and that's a phenomenal, phenomenal rate for a home loan. So Deseret First Credit Union wants to help you guys out. With a no-cost refinance from Deseret First Credit Union, you get locked into a low rate for absolutely nothing. And listen to this, guys. Potentially save yourself up to hundreds of dollars a month. You heard me right. Hundreds of dollars a month. Consider what you could do with hundreds of dollars right back into your pocket. I guarantee you could find some fun things to do with that. Give Deseret First Credit Union a shot. Give them a call. Let them know what you're looking for and what your situation in life is, they will work with you. 801-456-7070. Once again, 801-456-7070. Or visit them online at dfcu.com to learn more about what Deseret First Credit Union has going on. Deseret First Credit Union, you know why, we show how. Membership and eligibility required, OAC. Terms and conditions apply, equal housing lender. All right, guys, it's Christmas time. Obviously, it's Christmas Eve today, Christmas Day tomorrow, and tomorrow morning by about, what, 9 o'clock, most of you, I, my family will be doing this, ripping open those packages, all the presents, seeing what you got, see what Santa brought you, etc. Well, it's no different for BYU, and I wanted to talk here for a minute about what some of my Christmas wish list for the BYU football program, I guess BYU athletics as a whole, are. Let's start off with this. I want to see more resources poured into BYU sports, particularly BYU football. There's been a lot of talk recently with BYU and the need for them to have full-time nutritionists, a full-time training room, uh, not training room, a full-time uh, meal plan for the athletes. Also, the opportunity for them to show up and work out without having to be kicked off the practice fields in the indoor practice facility, which is also used for intramural sports at BYU. Here's the thing, I just looking at it, I feel like BYU has a I don't know how to say this correctly without coming off as sounding bitter, but BYU seems to think that they can run a bare bones football program and they take pride in that. Does that make sense? The programs that win at a high level, they invest in it. You have to look no further than 40 miles up the road up here in Salt Lake City at the University of Utah. Among Pac-12 institutions, they they were they invest the most money in their recruiting. They invested all kinds of money in a football-specific facility, practice fields, dedicated practice fields for the football program. And guess what? They came within one game of potentially making the college football playoff. 
I understand that Utah's a buzzword on this podcast. This is a BYU-centric podcast, but you, you, you look at that and say, you know what? They've invested and they're reaping the benefits from it. Does it hurt that they're in the Pac-12? Absolutely not. That absolutely helps them being in the Pac-12 and inside the Power Five. But BYU, I don't get what the administration gets out of thinking, you know what? We do more with less. It's just, it, it, it's backwards thinking. That may have worked 30 years ago in college football. Lavelle Edwards was more than content to work for a couple hundred thousand dollars, it felt like, for his entire career. He felt like that was enough for him. In this day and age, I'm not talking about coaching salaries. I'm talking about things on the outside. Get full-time recruiting staffers. Alema Fita Samanu needs more than part-time student employees who can't work more than 20 hours a week helping him out. He needs full-time staffers helping him in recruiting. BYU needs full-time dietitians, meal plans for their athletes, particularly the football program. These guys should be able to show up to the BYU football facilities, the student-athlete building there in Provo, and be able to get a meal anytime they want it. Big-time football programs provide that. BYU, for whatever reason, says, you know what? Nah, we're not going to do that. They need to take care of these athletes more than maybe just one meal a day. These athletes are putting in their heart and soul, their full-time employees, in the purest sense of the word, playing football. They deserve to be taken care of. So I want to see BYU invest more resources into their off-the-field aspects when it comes to sports, particularly BYU football. Give Kalani Sitake and his staff the resources to succeed and see what happens. He is more than happy to work with BYU. He's happy being the coach at BYU, but... He needs additional resources. So there's one thing I want to see on BYU's Christmas wish list. Number two, I want to see Tyson Williams back in a BYU uniform next year as a senior and finally see him play out a full season in a BYU uniform. He was off to a flying start this year. I feel like he was on track for a 1,000-yard season, being similar to Jamal Williams a few years ago for BYU in 2016. I felt like that was the type of season that was shaping up to be for Tyson Williams before he got injured against Hawaii and suffered a season-ending ACL injury. As you heard AJ Stewart on this podcast, it is a total crapshoot with the NCAA with regards to the hardship waiver that Tyson Williams has applied for. But my Christmas wish list is the NCAA decides not to be a Grinch finally for once and let Tyson Williams return, get his degree, his master's degree, and play out his senior season in full, you hope. We'll see what shakes out with that, but I do want to see Tyson Williams back in a BYU uniform. Other Christmas wish list items for me. I want to see BYU as an NCAA tournament team in basketball this year. I think they're on track. We talked about this yesterday. Their dominant win over Weber State. They're now inside the top 35 of the Ken Palm ratings. Ken Pomeroy does a great job rating teams. And BYU is on track to be an NCAA tournament team. I want to see them back in March Madness. It's more fun when your team is playing in the NCAA men's basketball tournament versus just watching the games because they're fun. It's cool to have a rooting interest in that at least one of the games in that tournament, if not more than one. I think BYU's on track. I want to see him in that NCAA tournament. One final thing. I want to see BYU finally announce this this TV contract with ESPN. Uh, Brett McMurphy broke the news of it, but no official statement has come from BYU. That usually means BYU still trying to kind of dot the I's and cross the T's, that expression. They're making sure that all the paperwork's in order, get the contract signed, sealed, and delivered. I had a sneaking suspicion they may have announced, they, they, they were 
hoping to announce it in the lead up to this bowl game. It doesn't look like that's going to happen unless it happens today. And if it happens, great. But I want to see BYU get locked in with ESPN for the long term because I feel like that's kind of the last thing on Tom Holmo's to-do list. He has a to-do list checklist because Tom Holm was nearing the end. I, I can tell you guys this much. He, he He's he's getting older. He wants to move on with his life. At some point, you want to go spend time with your grandkids. It's fun setting up schedules for football programs. I get that. But at, eventually, at some point in your life, you want to move on and do other things with your family, etc. And I think Tom Homo. In my opinion, this BYU-ESPN renewal of their contract, uh, Brett McMurphy saying it's for six years, uh, I, I think that's kind of the last thing, getting that sign sealed and delivered for Tom Homo before he feels, I th- I, at least my opinion, this is just me looking at it, before he can ride off into the sunset on into retirement. Who replaces him? That's anybody's guess. But I think that's the, that's the one thing, that's the last thing I want to see on BYU's Christmas wish list. If there are things you want to see from BYU uh, sports, for BYU sports this Christmas, tweet at us. Follow the show on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, at LockedOnCougars. My personal Twitter feed is at Jacob C. Hatch. Let us know, what is your Christmas wish list for BYU sports, BYU football, BYU basketball, etc. I gave you four of my own, and we'll see what shakes out and see what happens in the coming days and months for BYU. But I'm hoping to see BYU invest a little bit more in their sports program to see Tyson Williams back in a BYU uniform. I want to see Mark Pope make the NCAA tournament the first year of his uh, career as the BYU head coach. And obviously I want to see that TV deal signed, sealed and delivered for BYU t- football. So there you go. Let me know what you guys think. Also, if you have any time you want to drop the show a note via email, you can do that as well. The email address for the podcast is locked on BYU at gmail.com. All right, guys, as we close out today's podcast, wanted to catch up with how former Cougars and the pros did this past weekend. Let's start off on the basketball front. Jimmer Fredette suffered, a, it sounded like a dislocated shoulder, maybe a subluxation of his shoulder. But according to TJ Fredette, his older brother, no... Uh, major damage was done to the rotator cuff etc obviously they'll continue to monitor that but according to tj for dead it's a bone bruise in that shoulder and he's hoping to get back on the court in the near future we'll see what happens with that but i'm hopeful to see uh to see Jimmer Fredette back playing for Panathinaikos in short order. And it sounds like he got away with relatively minor damage after suffering a shoulder injury. And you hope nothing but the best for him going forward. And Jimmer obviously lighting it up overseas and hopefully can continue to do that. A couple other things for you to catch up with the other former Cougars and the pros. Week 16 in the NFL is in the books. The NFL playoff race is nearly set. Uh, this coming weekend, we'll see a number of uh, jockeying with positioning in the position playoffs, but want to catch up on how everything went for BYU Cougars. Let's start off with Sione Takitaki, linebacker for the Cleveland Browns. He had his first career start for the Browns this past week in their 31-15 loss to the Baltimore Ravens, notched six tackles. So good to see Sione finally getting his opportunity to play extensively for the Browns and producing at a high level. Congratulations to him. Daniel Sorensen started for the Kansas City Chiefs in their 26-3 win over the Chicago Bears Sunday night. He had five tackles as well as a quarterback 
quarterback hit in that victory. Michael Davis is back in the lineup for the Los Angeles Chargers. They lost 24-17 to the Oakland Raiders. He had five tackles in that loss, uh, yeah, in the loss to the Raiders. Kyle Van Noy finished with four tackles, including one for a loss. The Patriots won their 11th straight AFC East title with a 24-17 win over the Buffalo Bills on Saturday. Van Noy continues to be just an absolute awesome player for New England and it looks like it's another, another opportunity to make another, another Super Bowl run for New England. Baltimore obviously standing in the way there. Kansas City with Andy Reid, former BYU player, also standing in the way of the Patriots. But Kyle Van Noy, they're gearing up for another Super Bowl run. We'll see what happens with the Patriots. Taysom Hill uh, played in the Saints 38-28 comeback win over the Tennessee Titans. He had one pass that he completed for 20 yards, caught, carried the ball two times for 11 yards, also had two receptions for 21 yards, and just to add two more things, two tackles on special teams. Will Lutz was quoted earlier this week. I saw this saying, don't let the coaches see you kick. Well, guess what, Will Lutz? Taysom Hill did kick in high school, so he can kick the football if he needs I'm not sure he has the same range as some of the kickers in the NFL, but he can do it in a pinch. He could do a PAT, no problem. Harvey Longy and the New York Jets beat the Pittsburgh Steelers 16-10. Longy played in a reserve role, had one tackle on special teams in that win. Fred Warner had a career night with 11 tackles, one pass breakup in his first career interception, returning it for 46 yards and a score in the 49ers' 34-31 win over the Los Angeles Rams. The 49ers will face off against the Seattle Seahawks this week for the NFC West. Crown. Ezekiel Ansah will be on the other side. He had one tackle and one pass deflection in the Saints 27-13 loss to the Arizona Cardinals over the weekend. So it'll be Warner and Ansaw on either side of the matchup Sunday night as the Niners and the Seahawks battle for NFC West supremacy. The Niners can win the number one overall seed in the NFC playoffs with a win over uh, with a win over the Seahawks. We'll see how that shakes out Sunday night. One final note for you guys is Jamal Williams played last night in the 23-10 win for the Green Bay Packers over the Minnesota Vikings. He had six carries for 33 yards, a long of eight on the night, as well as hauling in both of his targets. Passing-wise, two receptions for 19 yards, a long of 11 in that game. Congratulations to Jay Swag Daddy and the Packers. They're 12-3, tied with the San Francisco 49ers. And we'll see what happens. Green Bay could be at the top overall seed and could be a dark horse uh, team that, as a top seed to make an NFL, uh, make a Super Bowl run in the NFL. Be crazy to see that, but crazier things have happened in the National Football League. So there you go, guys. Have a great Christmas. If I don't talk to you before then, I hope you guys get everything your heart desires. Hopefully BYU wins this football game tonight. That's the biggest thing on my wish list is BYU go win this game, take care of business, beat the Rainbow Warriors, and come back to Utah with a win, an 8-5 and five record, and get ready for 2020. Thanks again for joining us. It's a pleasure to be with you guys each and every day. Merry Christmas to you and yours. Enjoy the holiday, and we will talk to you soon. This has been Locked On Cougars for December 24th, 2019.